There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I got to tell you, I am super excited. Now, if it sounds a little noisy, I'm going to tell you why. I'm at the South Melbourne Markets. We've just attended an Are You OK Day event, and uh, we're in a little Spanish deli, and I'm with my one of my best friends, Miguel Maestre. How are you, mate? Oh, this is amazing. So let's speak really close to the microphone. Or? Yes. <laughs> and, and, and stick to English just for this the, interview. The, you forgot as well as saying that I'm very tall. I'm very good-looking, Barry. He's incredibly... Because people don't know me. They have to actually fi- picture myself, his name, the heads. If, if you don't hear from me again, this will be Miguel Maestre. <laughs> Mate, I'm going to start off with a, with a couple of questions for you about, about Are You OK Day. We know there's been some horrific losses within the uh, hospitality industry this year. So we'll start off slow. Tell me, what does Are You OK Day mean to you? Well, well we're going to start as slow as you want to, but I can tell you that this year I put myself in the line to raise $50,000 for Are You OK in Dancing with the Stars, and I got kicked out the first one. <laughs> <laughs> so just starting slow, I guess. I, I was trying to, you know, show people, show support for mental health. And here I am getting kicked out. I mean, so devastated. I actually need a mental health support myself. I guess it's like, um, you know, it's, it's close to my heart because uh, as a chef in the industry, you know, I learned how to cook in a really rough environment. I, did, I became a chef when I was 18 years old, like, a few years ago, and I'm still in my 30s, Barry, as you know. Go on. I know I look old, but like, this no, is what happened in the kitchen. This is what amazes me about you. Somehow you maintain a youthful exuberance. <laughs> is that is that just your energy that it comes out in your skin? Or, or, I love the way you say exuberance. exuberance. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, I think you always, you know, I'm alive and I'm, love, I'm in love with, with life. That's why I think you, you keep that excitement. But coming back a little bit to the, the first question, because I guess with... If I start to answer you one question, I go into the next one. I won't answer to any, and then we're just having a great time here. It'll be a tough day for me, <laughs> but we'll get through it. Work. I think um, the most important thing for you, okay, um, as a chef, we work in really serious, stressful environments. And um, uh, I became a chef in a really rough environment when if you don't cook the fish and it was crispy enough, the head chef will throw it to your face again. Mm. And, and, and people will actually, in the kitchen, will be crying and... And you need to prove yourself in an environment of tough guys when you you have to play your best game. What is happening this weekend is very important to you and me particularly. It's Father's Day. Yeah! yeah. I'm glad that you asked me to do that. I haven't asked you anything No, I'm yet. glad that you asked me to do the podcast. <laughs> I wasn't the first one like Chris Brown because Chris Brown have a cat and we have children. So I'm the right guy for this. <laughs> I guess you will not have them for Father's Day. Yeah. <laughs> Well, since I've known you, which is just a, a tad over eight years now, when I first met you, you had uh, uh, you and Sasha had little Claudia. She was just a baby. Since then, I've had the twins, uh, Bennett and Arabella, and then along came Morgan. Now, he's a terror, but does anybody else in your family have the energy that you have? Oh, my children are both full on. They Claudia are. has got already the energy 
at the the strength of a superhero and like I think something just really really exciting like me and Morgan is just full on Morgan yeah. is like like a little bit of dynamite waiting to be light up every morning <laughs> and I, when he explode make sure you stay away <laughs> you know the, the kids are beautiful kids and isn't life beautiful I mean I, I'm sitting here talking to Miguel thinking about it what a beautiful balance children are of the mum and dad and like you said Claudia and Morgan are robust and tough and first in line to have fun but uh, as my children are but when they come together with our children Claudia is the most gentle person caring. in the world and caring she takes a little Arabella by the hand and leads around Bennett just idolizes her but again a, a combination of you and Sasha as I hope uh, my children are myself and Leone come together for something beautiful that's the legacy of life isn't it Oh, you know, like, Barry, talking about legacy, like the biggest, you know, when I get up in the morning and I get the most scared every day, is that make sure that legacy gives, you know, like make, making the right thing to be a good dad because yeah. nothing nobody teach you how to be a good dad. So, As you're saying that, I'm thinking of some of the pressures uh, I, f- I have felt being a dad. And, and I remember a good friend of mine came to me one day uh, when his first child was about to be born. And, uh, and he said to me, mate, I'm struggling. I'm really, really concerned. I said, why, why, Pete? And he said, well, the simple fact is I know I'm not who my dad was. I'm not that strong man. I'm not capable like him. And I'm about to have a baby. I'm about to have a child. And I'm scared stiff. And I explained to him, and you and I have spoken about this, I explained to him that when you were born, your dad was just like you. It's the trials and tribulations of raising a family that makes a strong family, and that's the beautiful thing about it. You're a chef, and in my opinion, one of the best in the world. Who's oh, cooking coming. Sunday morning? You or Sash or the kids? Always cooking. You uh, will always yeah, cook. Yeah, and always. And now, now we're in this age that the children get more involved with the cooking and, and the things like, um, you know, flip the pancakes or mix the pancake butter is something that they want to fight. You know, I want to flip the pancakes. Yeah. And yeah. They, it's like almost in the, you know, it's like they, they're really interested because now they're more capable. They got more motor skills. They like to, I got a little step with Morgan step and he's up to the high of the bench. I love that. And he gets really into it. And I guess, you know, like they are in a really good age to start to get motivated. And in my house, all we talk about is food. Let's, let's don't kid ourselves, Barry. I don't, I'm not good at nothing else that is not cooking. <laughs> so all, all I told to my children is what I'm good at it and what I know, and that's food. Give me an insight to the Miguel Maestro family Sunday morning. What's the recipe? The recipe is, well, I can make pancakes really quick, Barry, because I'm a real you chef. Do, I think you do a lot of things really quick. <laughs> it's like <asking> it, Sasha. <laughs> I think I, I like to get up and do pancakes from scratch. I get the children to help me to to put them all together, crack the egg, you know, fold it into the, the pancake butter. And I think when they, when it's time to flip them, you know, like the children will fight for the chance to do that. A little bit of fresh butter, a little squeeze of lemon, and, you know, a whole stack of fresh pancake. I make coffee. I like mm. to make coffee, ground my beans. As you can see, I post a lot mm. of posts of coffee. I get complaints from you and Chris on how many posts I do of coffee. No, it's more the selfies of yourself I'm <laughs> complaining about. But... Well, I'm having a coffee, man. It's... This guy, <laughs> the, the thing I love about Miguel, you can always rely on him. If he does, if he spends even one minute in a pool somewhere, there'll be a selfie. Flex to the ultimate selfie at the end of the pool. Well, Barry, I guess I learned from the best. 
That's it. Well, empanada here. That's the empanada. It comes in empanadas. Just talk, talk the, the people listening through what what you've ordered for us this morning, mate. So we got some empanadas. We're in a little Spanish deli, so I guess we'll make the best of Spain. We got some empanadas, mero chorizo, and that's chorizo with fe. And I'm getting closer to the microphone so you can hear the the spillage. Chorizo, and we have Spanish chips. Um, we got jamón, a little bit of queso. That's cheese. And yes, we're having a glass of Rioja. 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 Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. One thing I do know, and not a lot of people know this, Miguel Maestre was so naughty when he was a little boy. His dad tried everything, and then he tried putting Miguel in an all-girls school. Talk me through it. That is a true story. In high school, I was a real piece of work. I wasn't, <laughs> a, I wasn't like the, the most exemplar ch- child. My mom and dad, they're really lovely people. And I was a tough geek for them. And I had to recognize that. Um, I, I used to escape a lot and go and do escape. stuff. Escape, yeah. Let's not go to school. Skip school. Um, my, my mom and dad put me in this noun school, the high security with all the nouns. And in the nouns, the Jesus Maria... There's like a private school. They will check every class. You had to sign in, sign out. And it was pretty much like a, my dad said, you won't be able to escape here. Yeah. They were doing an experimental thing that was introducing boys into a girl's school. So in my class in high school, I'm talking about the third year of high school, mm. um, it was 36 girls and myself. Wow, sounds like me and Eos in the <laughs> 80s. <laughs> but, but the thing is, my dad, though, they will be like, you know, you want to stay there because they'll check you out. You never want to escape. I had the time of my life. I didn't want to go anywhere. <laughs> I used to get really nice shirts to go to school and make sure my hair always looked good. You know, let's marry 36 girls. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty amazing. A tough gig. And you still didn't get a girlfriend. So Tom what gig. you did after that is you couldn't escape school. You finished school, did very well, as I understand. You decided, against better judgment of your parents, that you were heading off to Scotland. Is that right? Yeah, I became a chef. I wanted to do it in my own terms, and I wanted to do it far away from home, so I didn't have... My mom and dad helped me in everything in life, so I wanted to do it all in my own terms. I'm just guessing, if I spent a year with 36 women, I'd probably want to escape to another continent as well. <laughs> so, was there any of that in it? Was there, was there any uh, true loves back no, in, at, at high school? I, I have... Uh, not really. I, think. <laughs> I have never in my life <laughs> seen Miguel really. Maestri stumped I, for words. I've just asked him about his girlfriend in high school. No, no, I only had one serious girlfriend when I was young, and that was a long time ago, and after he has found Sasha and Sasha changed my life. That's it. Yeah. Practically a virgin. Yeah. This was like, the very that's first what time. I understand, like Madonna say. But the thing is, I, I went to Scotland because that was the only place where we knew. Everybody said, well, will you not go to London? That is the most uh, normal choice because London scene of cooking was amazing then. But I went to Edinburgh because my friend, have, one of the cousins, there was a studying there. I didn't speak any English. The first time I arrived to Scotland. What's, what's changed? <laughs> but not much. But the thing is, when I needed somewhere to stay for 15 days, so at least I could get used to, to find a job, to find a place, to try and to understand a little bit, you know, like the, the country. I didn't know anything about it. And, and I went to Edinburgh, and I learned English in the Scottish kitchen. That's why I speak funny. Yeah, he speaks beautifully, and I'm going to say this. A lot of people come up to me and say, do you understand Miguel? And I say, I do. I understand every word he says. And, and, I, and here I'm putting on my soft cap here, and, uh, and I can feel a lump in my throat already. The beautiful thing about Miguel is this. If you take out of your vocabulary anything negative, 
It reduces uh, half the words you have to worry about. This guy only ever has nice things to say about people. And it only took me about five weeks to realise that. He's one of the most beautiful people I know. But, but interestingly enough, Carlos, who's only your brother, uh, the handsome one, uh, has only ever... Spanish guy that lost his car, Carlos. Carlos. And, uh, he's only been in Australia about half the time as you, but speaks English. Yeah, well, he went to university. He went yeah. to, I'm, I'm, but, I'm, uh, no one. I went to straight to a This is still kitchen. my podcast. Oh, sorry, but like, he went to university. I have no degree. What it is, nothing. and this is what I love, and Miguel often brings this accent out. Miguel didn't learn to speak English in Australia or England. He learned to speak English in Scotland. So he's got a beautiful Scottish English accent. Spanish accent. Give me your best haggis. I'm going to say, <clears throat> sorry, I need an empanada, so yeah. it's really hard to breathe and eat at the same time. Yes. But I'll give you my best one. I'm going to give you this one. Sons of Scotland, I'm Willing Wallace. <laughs> oh, I can rag you about like an empty drag suit. <laughs> it just doesn't get any better yeah, than that. Well. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. And I'm Shira Taft. And we are the hosts of The Reality Bite this season, of course, talking about all things The Bachelor. It's cocktails and roses. It's Matt Agnew, the astrophysicist trying to find love amongst beautiful girls from Australia who are throwing themselves at him. And we're going to be talking about it every week. Watch The Bachelor 7.30 Wednesdays and Thursdays and catch us on The Reality Bite. And ask for a rose. You've gone to an all-girls school didn't get lucky in four years you went to scotland and you met the love of your life that was a, a, an amazing event talk us through that sasha was front of house you were back of house yeah so my first job in the i, I work in a really fancy place called indigo yard Ooh. and it was a really fancy place now because i didn't speak any english to get into the kitchen i had to work at the door i got a job as a bouncer because I was brown belt or judo. So I got a job. Somebody told me, Miguel. It wasn't just a, a mass thing. No, I was just, I was very good looking when I was 18, Barry. It wasn't like now. I was, I had long hair. I've seen I was photos. a big guy. Yeah. I, I look very different the, than now. The thing with beauty, it's very subjective, isn't it? Sorry, I mean, Barry. Let me finish my answer. You asked yeah. me, it's your podcast. Let me finish. Thank you. <laughs> I became a bouncer to get into the kitchen because the place was the place I wanted to work. Right. The thing is, when I was in Scotland, before I could work as a chef, I had to do a lot of work experience. And I was working in a lot of places for free to try to get into the kitchens because I could not speak the language. So working as a bouncer in this place, Sasha was the waitress. Beautiful. And I got the best story with Sasha and I. So I didn't speak any English the first time I met my wife. It was my girlfriend. It was, wasn't even my girlfriend then. From what Sasha says, her happiest ever conversation. I know, but we got on so well for three years <laughs> because I got not a clue what she was saying. But the thing is... This is a true story. The first thing I said to my wife, could not speak one word of English, and Sasa came to me, and I used to, I used to like write sentences to tell people the next day overnight when I used to go to sleep. Oh. And I got this sentence that you got beautiful eyes. And Sasa say that it was quite cute because I came in and say, oh, hello, how are you? 
you got beautiful eyes. And she spoke for so long. I got not a clue what she said after. But I was trying the same sentence to all the waitresses. And when I don't know at the time, is that Sasa was in the staff room talking to all the waitresses. And Sasa said, like, what a loser that bouncer. He told me, he got, like, beautiful eyes. Oh, he told me, too. Oh, he told me, too. And what they didn't know is that, the, that my English was so limited that I used to practice this with everyone to see the reaction, to try and to start conversations. Like, are you okay? And I believe, like, it's funny now that you look at that back, oh, that long time, yeah. and understand that I didn't know what my wife was telling me for, like, the first six months of our relationship was just my good looks and my breakfast. Could you have ever imagined that you were going to end up on TV? Never. I actually, the relationship I have with TV, I never look for TV. TV found me. If I'll tell you the funniest thing about TV, is like I was working for our competition now with the Homes and Gardens. Mm. First Eddie was my head chef and I was working in the background. They used to film with the Homes and Gardens on Mondays in the restaurant and I'll be in the background with my music and my you know, myself and people, all the camera guys used to come and say, oh, Miguel, how are you? Can cook me some muffins. And the sound guys love me because I always give them food. And TV people is always so hungry, you know that? Yeah. And um, so I guess I, I, one day the producer said, Miguel, I'd like you to be on a screen. I think you'll be very good on TV. And I did this, I helped Fast Eddie to do this segment. So you were an assistant on Better Homes and Gardens? Yeah, that really? was my first TV uh, stint. I'm from there all the way to here with you, Barry, doing the, poca- the you, podcast. You also, one of my favourite shows is the, is the show that you do with uh, Gary. And the Boys Weekend. The Boys Weekend. So when, I did, did, when did that happen? So I did Better Homes and Gardens for nearly a few months. After that, um, I started to do a few things in radio. And one of the producers of radio said, Miguel, I think your potential is massive. You should have an agent. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I was just still cooking in the kitchen. You've got a voice for TV. You've got a you voice said. for TV yeah. and a face for radio. And I, and I, and I guess the way it all turned out, I, I have a meeting with a, an agency of chefs. And um, I start working for this agency, Chef Inc. And was where all the big guys like Manu, Gary, all the famous chefs of the country were working there. And um, the next day I got approached to do this TV show. They needed a a Spanish chef because it was four chefs from four different nationalities yeah right and Manu was locked in Gary was locked in Adrian Richardson was locked in and this is people I used to watch in Ready Steady Cook yeah and Sally said Miguel you want to come and do this show and this show is sold in over 150 countries all around the world it's one so. of my favourites I mean it reminds me a little bit of our show because you guys all get on so well Ready Steady Cook I went on that and won you know that don't you well, I chopped Barry, onions shows, like you know, onions have never been chopped that day <laughs> And uh, they didn't use them, though, do they? I, I remember that. I, everything I chopped up wasn't used in the show. Now, uh, you did Ready, Steady, Cook. You're assistant to Fast Eddie. But then I remembered I'd spent a year on the renovators and I was asked to attend a casting uh, with Amanda uh, Keller, who everybody in the world knows. Uh, and my wife knew of you and said that he was flamboyant, handsome, but there was something Tall. a little crazy. Tall. Uh, and, of course, uh, the Bondi vet, Chris Brown. We, uh, I want everybody to understand this. I was as nervous as hell. Uh, but we walked into this uh, little room in Bondi Beach. And what the producers wanted to do, the executives wanted to do, they basically wanted to see if we would get on. If we click. And, and, and if we would click. And they have these questions that they're going to ask and see how one responds to the other. Well... I'm not joking. Amanda says it's like we were a pot of dolphins that came together. 
But the, the, the four of us sat there, they asked one question, didn't they? And then we did not stop talking for four hours. Some of, some of us didn't stop talking until now. You're still uh, talking, still Barry. Still talking. No, but we did. <laughs> uh, and and it, it was, I, I was nervous when I walked in, but I was in awe when I walked out. And where we walked out to was to the Bondi Icebergs. We had four hours of just chatting and talking. Then we went and uh, had drinks and, and dinner. Miguel, again, ordered everything at the, at the bar there. And that, for me, was the start of an amazing friendship. Uh, I wasn't sure where the TV show was going to go, but I want, I want our listeners to understand this. I sat next to Amanda Keller, and I know I'm, I'm interviewing Miguel, and this is a little bit about me, but I sat next to Amanda Keller for about four weeks before I realised that this wasn't a dream. You know, and I just thought. And your hair was so long as well. My hair was so long and flowing in the breeze, that sort of thing. But what happened was, it was about the fifth show in for me, and Chris and Miguel had, you really buddied up really quick. But there was a story on that Miguel went to New Zealand. And, and I kept listening to Miguel. And as I said, in the early days, you had to listen closely to get everything. But, you know, and, and I, I hadn't reached to the boys as much as I had with uh, Amanda. But on that show, I remember it. And I watch it over and over again because Miguel starts talking about the fact that he was going to go over to, to New Zealand and meet these big, tough Maori guys, and he was going to go fishing with them and get the, the mussels for them, and then he was going to cook for them. And I thought, you know, these New Zealanders, you know, if he mucks around like he mucks around here, they're going to get their shits real quick. But I just watched him hypnotise them, not just with his skills in the kitchen, but his, his beautiful nature. And, and I remember that day, our fifth show in, I watched that segment. I looked at Miguel, looked at Chris, realised where I was, and I thought, you know what? We're on to something really good here. These are good people, and I'm really proud to be a part of it. And it's been eight years since then, yeah. Barry. Can you you haven't that? improved a lot since then, have yeah, you? Yeah, Barry, well, your head has changed many times. You know, Mine has. Let's face it's it. been up and down, long, short, chicken. Yeah, the whole life. <laughs> and as it turns out, I've still got more than Miguel. But no, uh, Barry, the thing is with Barry... Three bouts of chemo, I've still got more head than Miguel. Barry's treatment in chemo, it all fall off. And I was saying, yeah, you got Barry, you can never kid ourselves. You never joke about my head anymore and it grew out all again in better besides my hair what has been your best memory on the living room I think the best memory that'll be really hard to it's like choosing your own favorite child but I think one of them the the thing that I remember and I treasure with the most hold it close to my my heart is that the stories that we have had the chance to go the four of us overseas when we went into the Hawaii in that hotel and we had to sing that a song oh, that yeah. was taking the piss and then with ukuleles so, we with ukuleles. ukuleles so we're supposed to do one one set like one scene that was take five seconds and just pretend to play the ukuleles i love being in front of people barry amanda and gringo is so different than me like that they don't like to be ridiculous in front of people <laughs> i thrive on that so i remember going in the stage and amanda i remember barry amanda saying please miguel don't do your typical show just do it quickly so we can go as long as we hit the stage, it's a whole audience, the whole hotel is watching us. I said, this is my chance. I say, ladies and gentlemen, remember I started screaming, singing La Bamba, and these guys were clinching. I could, I could feel you guys so embarrassed. Literally I could, clinching. I wanted to stretch that moment as long as possible and just taste it and just have it for entree, have it for main, have it for dessert, and repeat again. And, and, and it's one of the things that... I remember for a long time, all the people watching us in that hotel, 
with the Hawaiian shirts. We play ukulele in a hotel, and we making a movie for Hollywood. Come on, Barry. Yeah, that was fantastic. And uh, get a builder, and I got the chop onions for a living. Pretty amazing. I am a builder, and I'm not overly fond of cooking shows, which is interesting. But I do love watching Miguel cook. There's a certain energy that I just love. But uh, just recently, and on the show on the living room tonight, uh, you and I uh, get to work together on one of my renovations. And so we surprise a dad for Father's Day, and you come out and give me a bit of get a bit of a hand with the hard labour and we cooked up a meal but you were shocked by a few things there weren't you well I was shocked Barry that we always I was going to say am I allowed to sweat in this no. we always take the piece of you because Barry always say oh I've been all day blah blah working so hard in the, in the in location so I was there watching Barry working so hard he was sweating building this thing with his hammer painting this thing digging I arrive and make a pizza and everybody's clapping Miguel is here and Barry is like I've been here working all day, my ass, and Miguel just coming here, cook one pizza and everybody's clapping. He did it in three minutes. And it's one of the moments that you can actually realize how Barry it gets into you. I got a lot of respect for you. I know you were working and I was trying to put a 50 cent things in your crack when you were painting that thing. But like, you know, you do, you do work. And, and the most amazing thing that I don't get to present when I'm in the studio is we never get to see your reveals we never get to really see from first in first in business class in the nosebleed section. <laughs> we never get to see that in first impression, and to see the family walking in a house that they have not seen for three days, mm. and how the house was like a big thing of dirt in there, and suddenly it was this amazing garden, and you change these people's like it's like almost changing their lives. They come back to the homes. And everything was so beautiful. And see the face, just being there and see the face. Mm. And they were crying. And, mm. you know, that is, that, that's pretty amazing, Barry. Like, dude, yeah, nice I never take it for granted that uh, we're, uh, we're invited into people's homes and we share their story with a whole bunch of other people that invite us into their homes every Friday night. Um, the show hopefully will go on forever. Uh, tell me this, Miguel. You're uh, close to 40. You only look in your 20s, but you're close to 40. Uh, you started off uh, in Spain, you ventured across to Scotland, then I landed in TV, you've married a beautiful woman, you've learned a lot of lessons along the way, especially about illegal immigration. <laughs> and uh, but I'm paying tax. I, I want you to think about uh, Morgan's grandson. I want you to think about this. Imagine Morgan's grandson uh, shares your DNA and wouldn't be there if it wasn't for you. At this time in your life, and just think about what we've done here today for Are You OK Day. At this time of your life, what's the one lesson that you've learnt that you want to tell Morgan's grandson right now? Oh, I, I can tell you right now. I don't even have to think about it. Just to be a good person. You, you, uh, we, Sasa and I, every day, we just want to build nice people. And, and I can tell you, what you give to life, it comes back to you in return thousands of times. And it was has worked for me. And that's what I, just to be a good person, just to aim high, keep dreaming, keep chasing, you know, don't, you know, don't, don't just be unhappy. Life is too short to be unhappy. Just yeah. be a good person. When you're a nice person, the universe does something amazing to you back. Yeah. You know, you don't waste your time, you know, into, you know, do negative stuff. You focus on the positive. Life just kisses you back. And if you have moments that you fall down, you know, you don't defeat when you fall down. You defeat when you don't get up. That's it. So just get up and keep moving forward because that's how winning is done. And I, I think that's the lesson 
That's what I do every day. I fail all the time and I get up. And then I get punched and I get up and I get punched and I get up. I sound like Rocky right now. You do. <laughs> but it reminds me of, uh, of one of my favourite stories about my life on TV, and it was my first Logies. And anybody that knows me knows that I'm a bit of a, uh, you know, I stand on the side of the dance floor. I'd never go onto the dance floor. <laughs> I, I've always been too embarrassed to do karaoke, but I'd love to. I've always wanted to get on the dance floor and go crazy, but I wouldn't. And Miguel, being the person that he just described, uh, that beautiful, caring about others more than himself person, I remember our first Logies together, and he said, uh, come on, Baz, let's get out to the dance floor. And I said, no, mate, I don't dance. He said, Bazza, he said, you're a builder, I'm a chef, we're at the Logies, we're going to dance all night. Mate, I've enjoyed this dance, I love you, and... Uh, Thanks for joining me on Hammer at Home. Barry, you're a beautiful man. Thanks for having me. And I guarantee this podcast is going to be his better than the one that you did with Dr. Chris Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you want to hear more about my dance moves or, or Miguel's story, we'd love to hear from you at Hammer at Home at network10.com.au. Now, there has been a mistake with the email and we weren't getting the messages. So if you've sent a message, please resend that message to hammer at home at network10.com.au. And uh, I'll answer. And I love the fact that you're sending in those reviews. I love a five-star review. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Take it easy, guys. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.